I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Time is a relative construct, and it's relative to the experiences that we have in life. Now, you could be 20 years old, 30 years old. You could be 70 years old, and time is going to be different for each of us. Our guest today has experienced his relatively short life so far in a different way than what I think many people do. And it's given him a lot of insight. It's given him a lot of wisdom into how to make an evolution, how to make a transformation that can continue to iterate for many years to come. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Somewhere lost in this white stuff in the mountains of Utah, I am Steve Cutler. I And I literally mean white stuff. I don't even know what to call it anymore. We have been so buried this year with this snow. It is blowing me away, but coming to us from a completely different part of the country where I was about a week and a half ago and wish I was there now is our guest, Anthony Boynton in San Diego, California. Welcome, Anthony. How's it going, Steve? Good to have you, man. Well, hey, folks, uh, Anthony uh, says that uh, he was born in Middleton, Connecticut, and currently resides in San Diego, California. He's 27 years old and is a former uh, United States Marine Corps. He spent five years in the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, when he got out, he decided to stay in San Diego and pursue what he thought was his passion. He joined a mentorship program and grew his business to where it is right now. Every step of the way, Anthony continues, there was just so much friction that it never really felt like, uh, felt right, and I was just unfulfilled. I would hit milestones and still be unfulfilled. I kept wondering what was going on. Is something that I'm doing wrong? Is it me, just me? So I just started looking for answers as to why I didn't feel fulfilled doing this thing that I felt like was my passion. I started reading books, watching interviews, asking questions to my mentors, and I finally found a piece of the puzzle in a book called The Way of the Superior Man. This passage stuck with me. Quote, without a conscious life purpose, a man is totally lost, drifting, adapting to the events rather than creating events. Without knowing his life purpose, a man lives weakened, impotent existence, perhaps eventually becoming even sexually impotent or prone to mechanical or disinterested sex. This made me realize, Anthony continues, that the reason I was living a weakened, impotent existence was I wasn't living my deeper life purpose. I peeled back one layer of the onion and then got to the next. So I had to start to point to which was my deepest purpose in life. And with the perfect timing, I ran into a mentor of mine, Wes Watson, and heard him repeatedly say, your purpose on this earth is to create the man you admire and gift that motherfucker into this world. So here I am now devoting my life to becoming the man I always needed when I was a kid and gifting him to everyone around me who was and is just that same man. I love this story. So, Anthony continues, just a small glimpse of my present. Now let's talk about my past. I was addicted or preemie, stuck in a hospital with underdeveloped lungs so that I spent time on a ventilator and an incubator because I couldn't breathe on my own. My parents haven't told me which was the truth, but I had a drug-addicted mother, an alcoholic mother, Parents divorced. Mom was absent at one point. Dad was absent at another point because mom kept us away and kept running from dad, physically, mentally abused by mom, heavily bullied in school, heavily bullied in neighborhoods. I lived in being the only white kid, which he says I'm half white, half Puerto Rican. Was married for four years and divorced, attempted suicide twice, all while in the military. Like I said in the intro, life and time are all relative. And Anthony, you have had quite the life up to this point, 27 years old, and you have had to deal with more challenges than I think most people will have to deal with in 40 or 50 years of their life. One of the things, though, that struck me is 
when we first connected and I asked the question that I asked you before we started recording today, why are you doing what you're doing? And your why is because you want to get this message out to as many people as possible. Why is that so important to you? So I, I think what's made it so important to me is just the simple fact that I I got to see how much impact I could have on people just by being active on social media. So I'll share this with you. So I had put up a post, this was probably like four or five months ago, and I had this girl reach out to me, had no clue who she was, and she said, hey, I, I just wanted to reach out to you because I saw this post just in time. I was about to kill myself. Wow. And I saw your post. And I didn't. So I was like, holy crap. Like, I can have so much impact on people's lives simply just by sharing what I've been through in my own life. So after that, I was like, yeah, I just, I can't stop. There is no stopping because... Now, the way I look at it is, you know, uh, a woman like that, right, could need to see my posts every single day, that 245 wake up post to be like, okay, Anthony did it again, and he did it again, and again, and again. And that one day that I decide to slip up and say, oh, you know what, like, I, I, I don't have to get up, I could sleep in like, that post could miss that person. And now they're in the same position that I was in not too many years ago, like attempting suicide. Yeah. So that that really showed me the power of of what I was doing and the power of somebody seeing someone just go one more day and then one more day and then one more day. So yeah, that's that's it for me. <laughs> it's a day-to-day thing sometimes. When you're struggling, whether a person is struggling with addiction, whether they're struggling with depression, whether they're struggling with anxiety, it's a day-to-day thing. Take us back. At, at a certain point, you decided that this was going to be your life's purpose because you did some reflection. You said, hey, I grew up with a, a, a lot of difficulty in my life. Walk us through some of those challenges. Um. So I'll, I'll actually start with like one that that's um, like closer, um, not, like probably like six months ago. So my right. oldest brother actually struggles with alcohol, which, you know, seeing seeing your your mom growing up every time life got hard or every time, uh, you know, something came up in her life watching her go to alcohol is like the thing to solve her problem is yeah. obviously what made my my brother like that so my brother struggled with alcohol and about six months ago he attempted suicide and i had gotten to a point in my life where i kept telling myself like dude if you keep allowing all of you know life circumstances to make you a victim you're not going to learn anything and you're going to stay exactly where you're at. So once I got the news that my brother attempted suicide, I checked myself. I said, we're not going into victimhood. And I just repeated in my head over and over again, life's greatest lessons are learned through pain. So if your brother dies, even if he doesn't die, like it's still a painful experience and there's something to learn here. So that made me reflect on my past because I was like, damn, like me, my brother grew up the same exact way. Yeah. Like grew up with the same mom, same dad, same environment. How did he become an alcoholic? And I didn't. So it, it just made me really, really think about the fact that for one, I, I probably have tools that he didn't have to be able to, to handle um, whatever's whatever's getting thrown at them. And then also, I just feel like there's people on this earth that have a higher calling. Yep. Some answer it, some don't. And 
that was like the moment that I realized you are meant to do a lot more, dude. Like, um, so yeah, even now jumping back to like my youth, um, sometimes I do try and sit and, and think about my youth and the crazy thing about the brain with like, when it comes to trauma, the brain will hide that stuff from you. Yeah. So it's part of a protective things mechanism. Do, yeah. A lot of the things that I do uh, remember from when I was younger, it's all like bad stuff. Mm. There, there's not, there's not very much good that I remember from when I was younger. But um, like I said, like my, my mom was an alcoholic and drug addict growing up. Um, I lived like, like I said, in my bio as well, I lived in, so I've lived in neighborhoods where even though I'm mixed, I was the, the white kid in the like Hispanic and uh, black neighborhood. But then also I lived in neighborhoods where I was like the only different looking kid in like an all white neighborhood. So like, yeah, there, there was no, there was no, um, getting away from honestly just being bullied as a kid because no, no matter which neighborhood or environment I went into, like I was still the, the odd one out, you know? So So not, um, not fitting in with the white kids, not fitting in completely with the Hispanic kids. You're, you're, you're different in either one. Yep. Yep. So I was like me and and my younger brother were both like heavily bullied um, when we were younger. But then, like I said, I was bullied too, like being called a a monkey in middle school, which during the time I didn't realize like, yeah, I didn't didn't realize being that's like, why are these people calling me an animal? Yeah. Like they're there there's no reason for them to do that and then you know as i got older i'm like oh that was it's probably a little bit of racism in there you know like these kids yeah definitely racism yeah, grew well up done not, about that. yeah, these, yeah. These kids grew up not really seeing uh somebody who looked like me so and they probably heard their parents talking poorly about people but um so yeah that's like i was bullied um, and then getting into the military, like I said, um, I got divorced at like 24, my dad told me like, dude, listen, don't do it. Like my dad saw all the signs, mm. told me, Hey dude, like, isn't, this isn't the thing to do. Not this early, like go live some life. I don't think this girl's the one for you. And I mean, being a, a young kid, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And yeah, ended with divorce like four years later. Mm. Um, And for me, that was kind of like the straw that I still hadn't dealt with my traumas from when I was a kid. So I was trying like during that time, I was trying to like juggle relationship. I was trying to juggle the military And then I was also trying to juggle the fact that like the person that I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my life was leaving me and then had also cheated on me four times before she left me. Wow. So like that just, it got me to a really, really dark place. And um, yeah, I, that, like I said, that was like the straw that broke the the camel's back that led to like two suicide attempts. And then I think after, after the second time I was in the hospital for 30 days. So after, after I had, the second time you were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had a lot of time to sit and reflect and you know, realized that I I needed to start. There was something that needed to change. I didn't know what needed to change, but I knew I needed to start pushing my life in a a direction that 
was like actually going to give me some sort of fulfillment. So during the time I, I thought it was, it was barbering, you know? So I, I started, I went to barber school, um, a little bit into barber school. I found a mentorship program. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale this barbering business. So, and this was all like after the military, once I got out. So yeah, for like, like I said in my bio, I did barbering for a long time. So like four years and it just started to not be as fulfilling. And I remember reading in the way the superior man talks about how like, um, our, our purposes are kind of found in like layers. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, as you, as you peel back layers, like you get to your, your deeper purpose. And when I read that, because of the way that I was feeling cutting hair, I knew that that applied to me. So then I, I just started, I started searching and searching and searching for like answers and coming across what's West Watson was probably one of the best things I could have ever done. And then, you know, to now, um, I actually just went to Wes Watson's mastermind this past weekend okay. and it was a really, really cool, like, uh, time to reflect because we did two, I was talking about this yesterday on my story on Instagram, but we did two burpee workouts and both those burpee workouts were done on a tennis court. Mm. And, uh, the first the first time that, that I went, um, you know, to attempt to suicide was on a tennis court. Wow. So okay. to come from a tennis, and that was the last time I had been on a tennis court. So to go from that tennis court to a tennis court where like, um, around West Watson, um, I don't know if you're familiar with who Peter Kell is, but Peter Kell was there. Um, no. he's, he does like the video sales letters for Mind Valley. I'm sure okay. you've heard of Mind Valley. Before. Yeah, I've heard of Mind Valley. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then like I was, you know, just around other people my age, if not like a little bit younger, that are just like pushing their life in a different direction. So it was like my life coming back full circle. And then like I I had done a complete 180 from, you know, tennis court to tennis court. So yeah, what that a, was what um, a really unique coincidence that that's uh, that that's where it brought you back to. Talk about that. So there's uh, there's something that I think I find really fascinating about your story, Anthony. A lot of people when they grow up and they've got these challenges, uh, maybe a, an alcoholic parent or uh, an abusive situation or an absentee parent, and and you really dealt with all of those things. They don't even know where to start, but at some point their uh, life hits them. Maybe they wake up and say, okay, I've got to start to unpack some of this stuff. Uh, but yet some people never really do. They don't dig deep enough to uh, to figure out how to unpack it. What, what was a waking point for you where you said, hey, maybe this is on me? I know you mentioned before that it was, you, you said, I can't be a victim anymore. Where did that come from? So I actually met... Uh, one of my really good friends who actually lives in LA, um, here in California. And I had, I knew this guy was in a position that I wanted to be in. He's charging 200 bucks for a haircut in LA, cutting yeah. celebrities. Um, so I wanted to learn from him, but I knew that in order for me to like, you know, get to know the dude, like I had to offer some value too. So I reached yeah. out to him. I said, Hey bro, like, let me, let me come give you a haircut. So that's how, that's how the relationship started. I would go up to LA, I would give him a haircut and we would spend the weekend together, just, you know, learning and, and, and growing together. And at first it was, I wasn't giving him very much value. And, um, I knew that that kind of like had to change, but he 
he came across a an inner work course, which I'm I don't know if you're familiar with inner work, but inner work is just I mean, pretty much exactly what you asked me, like unpacking traumas. Yeah. And then right. having, you know, in in the course, you're given the tools to handle the traumas that you're unpacking. So he told me, hey, bro, like I, I did this course. And because, you know, you kind of told me a little bit about your past, I think it would be really beneficial for you. So I checked out the course, uh, did a meeting with with one of the guys uh, who did like onboarding for the course. And I ended up doing it. It was an eight week inner work course. And the only reason I did it is because, you know, some, the way I looked at it is like, this dude's ahead of me. This dude's where I want to be. Gotcha. So he did this thing and it helped him. The likelihood of it helping me so I did inner work course. Eight weeks later, I felt like a new person because um, I was able to look back on some of the traumas and they kind of lost their sting. Mm. So that was the start. And then just because I was in the pattern of, of playing the victim so much, yeah. Um, yeah. our brain kind of gets stuck in those patterns once once we create them. Um, I pretty much figured out that that, that was for sure. One of the things that was holding me back and yet again, I just did some reflecting and just through the, the reflection, I was like, damn, like my, the traumas that I lived as a kid were not, are not nearly or the, the life that I'm currently living right now are not nearly as bad as the traumas that I went through as a kid. So why is it that I keep replaying these traumas in my head and recreating the same reality over and over again in my life? Great question. Yeah. So great question. Yeah. I, I answered the question myself with like, like I'm living in the past. So that's what depression is. Like we're yeah. living, I, I don't even, I, I don't feel like we should even put a label on that. Like, I don't think it should be called depression. I think it should just be called like you're living in the past. Yeah. That's, that's a great it. Point. Great point. Yeah. There, there's this, it's interesting to me that hearing your story, I mean, you are somebody that, uh, from an outsider's perspective, you were victimized. I mean, the reality is you were put into situations, whether it's being bullied or, uh, you know, abused or, or, uh, having alcoholic parents. I mean, there, there's a victimization there, but at a certain point you, you, we all grow up, uh, and we make the choice to continue to be in that pattern. And what I find fascinating is that you were a victim and then you chose to rewrite your story moving forward you chose to do something instead of going to the past and just living there you went to the past and you said okay I'm, we're going to unpack some of this stuff and we're going to go to the past and address some of it so it doesn't hold me back now we're going to move forward but that cycle of being a victim and then continuing to play the victim i think that's where a lot of people get stuck if somebody's listening to this today and they have been in a situation where they have been victimized in some way, what would you tell them? It's your superpower. That's the way I look at it now. Like I'm not experiencing my mom, like borderline overdosing on the staircase, like foaming at the mouth. Like, wow. wow. I'm not, um, I'm I'm not in the the neighborhoods where I always have to worry about, you know, getting my ass beat because I'm the white kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like I don't have to I don't have to worry about those things anymore. So like reflecting on all those things, um, I was like, damn, like the, you know, I I'm not living that life anymore. And all those things from my past actually showed me that everything that I'm going to go through now in life is nothing. So it's like, 
That's why I say it's my superpower. Like yeah. I can right. back at that and compare it to now and, and tell myself like, dude, if you made it through that, you can make it through anything. There's, n- there's nothing on this earth that's going to be as challenging as that was, especially as a kid, because yes, as a kid, you are a victim to those things because you you can't, you can't just like, there is no up and leaving when you're eight years old and yeah, you don't have the freedom. Yeah. You don't have the freedom. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the uh, emotional bandwidth. Like there's, you, you literally are in that situation and you're a victim. Yep. So as an adult, you just have to reframe your thinking. And that is how I reframed it. It's my superpower. I, I like the superpower piece because when you think about the hero's journey, that typical hero's journey is where uh, there's an obstacle in front of the hero. Uh, there's internal struggles. There's external struggles. And the hero is not the hero at the beginning. The hero goes through the challenges, the trials, the beatdowns. And then eventually it gets to the point where there's a change event, there's a spark, somebody that guides them, and they become the superhero, right? There's not just this automatic, I am the superhero. They become the superhero through the challenges that they go through. And that's essentially what is happening in your life and what has happened in your life. So I think that resonates quite a bit. But talk a little bit more about if somebody's listening to this and they say, okay, I hear you, that's my superpower, but how, how do I use it? How do I use my past? How do I use the state of victimization that I was in as a superpower? So I would really just say like, come, it's a comparison game for me. So it's like, okay, I I look at my life now. And like, what really do I have that's a struggle? Like, almost nothing. Almost nothing. Like, maybe my business isn't where I want it to be. Um, maybe I'm not in the position that I want to be in in life that I'd like to be in. And that, like, those very small, minute things compared to, like I was saying, like, watching your mom borderline overdose on the, on the staircase. Um when you know on my younger birth on my younger brother's fifth birthday my my mom was living with two drug dealers and the house got raided um by a SWAT team like on his birthday yes wow. as he was opening his his first gift i'll never oh, forget my, that what a horrible experience wow yeah um so it's like i replayed these you know what? And I, I feel like this actually helps me um, be more and more okay with my past too, right? As I replay the the traumas and compare them to my current life, it's like, dude, you, you really don't have struggles and you've been through so much struggle that like these very minute things that you're going through now that are like very average, typical problems that most people have. Yeah. There, there's no reason that you, you shouldn't just like crush these things. Yeah. Cause like it's way, way harder. And then also too, sometimes, sometimes I do need to take it to a dark place and tell myself like, dude, you grew up in suffering. So if you're suffering, like you're right at home. Yeah. You were used to, that was a part that was a part of you, you know? And sometimes I do need to go there to get myself to to push through things. But um but there's I, power I think in darkness, all- right? There's there's power really, in yeah. that darkness. I mean, if we grew up in that, and I'm I'm obviously my background is not the same as yours, but I have had struggles and challenges where the darkness was something that I you know, that was home for me, essentially, uh, as I was dealing with certain things. And so like you, I found that every once in a while, I got to go back into that darkness to say, all right, now I'm here. Darkness is the place where we can see something different because it's the darkness that then creates 
the ability to see as soon as the light turns back on in a different way, but we've got to have some darkness there in order to get to that power. How, how are you doing that? When you say you've got to go back into the darkness, I'm, I'm really curious because this is a fascinating topic for me. And I, it's something that we tend to run away from darkness. We talk about uh, darkness or as this really bad thing, but I just, I think there's a lot of power in it if used properly. So tell me how you're using that. When you have to go back into the darkness, what does that look like for you? Um. So I, w- I would say the thing, the thing that I'll do the most is, um, you know, I was, I was told as a kid by the doctors that I wouldn't live like a normal life. And then also being bullied, like I was told that I would never be anything or amount to anything. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'm using it like while I'm, while I'm in the gym or if, if there's, if there's something that, uh, if there's some work that I need to get done that I really don't want to do and like me just using my own self-talk doesn't work, then I go to those things like, oh, so-and-so said you wouldn't be shit. Like, yeah. are, are you, are you going to prove them true, dude? Um, You know, the, you know, the doctors told you you wouldn't be able to live a normal life or, um, you know, the burn starts to hit on a set in the gym. Yeah tell myself like like dude you've been beat before this <laughs> you're <laughs> this right nothing home, comparatively yeah yes yes you are like if like you're okay with suffering dude you've yeah. been through it as a kid like you're right at home like th- this is this is perfect like stay here stay yeah. here so it's just I'll just bring up the different scenarios, the different experiences from my life and make myself feel right at home. Like that's really the best way I can explain it. Like, dude, you're, you're right where you belong. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. You can, you can continue to use it. Well, we, we tend to look at emotions as good or bad far too much. We, we, we create this dichotomistic view of emotion. And while there are positively charged emotions, negatively charged emotions, it's not good or bad. And I think back, we, we did an episode with a gentleman by the name of Tanner Guzzi uh, in episode 68, I believe it is, where he talked a lot about just how he's learned to open up with his emotions over, over the years. And Emotions are not good or bad. They're di- they have different charges to them. Anger is one that I think is widely misunderstood and widely misused. When you feel a sense of anger, when you feel a sense of injustice, or when you feel uh, you know anything that is a negatively charged energy or uh, emotion, there's a ton of energy in that. There's a massive amount of energy there that can be used. And so feeling it, living in it, sitting with it is so freeing. If you then can translate that into usable energy energy to move you forward. In fact, I was coaching a client recently and uh, she has a goal to lose a hundred pounds and we're, we're on a plan we call fast 50. So we want to get the first 50 off as fast as possible. So she starts to feel better. And I said, how are you feeling? She goes, I'm pissed. And I know I shouldn't be. And I said, why shouldn't you be? She goes, I look in the mirror and this is not where I want to be. I, I'm pissed at myself for letting me get there. And I'm, so I'm trying to deal with that emotion. I said, great, let's, uh, let's go use it. Because I, I can use pissed. I can use anger. I, that, that's a usable energy. So we went over, grabbed a couple of medicine balls. And she threw the shit out of those balls until she was exhausted. I said, how do you feel now? She goes, great, great, feel awesome. And she's now utilizing that darkness, that anger, that uh, pain, and funneling it into something that is now productive. You've done that in your life. And one of the things that I notice about your posts is not only are you showing up consistently on social media, but you're showing up in a way that uh, you're showing 
hey, here's what I'm doing in the gym. And, uh, you know, I think most of your posts, you're, you're uh, shirtless and talking to people and saying, this is, this is what I've created. But you're also nuancing the, the work that you did before. You did the inner work before you really got to the outer work. You went deep and deconstructed and then started to build the body that you're, that you have right now. For somebody that sees you on social media, they may not understand that the inner work was done before the outer image is there. Talk to somebody that's working through this struggle, this problem that they have in their life. Maybe they have been through the trauma. Maybe they are trying to lose weight, but they haven't done the inner work. What would your advice to them be? So I would say I, I, I did do a lot of, you know, inner work too, while I was doing the outer work. They're kind of so tied together. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm almost like you were talking about with your client, like you need an outlet. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I realized. Right. So before I was using the gym as an outlet, I would use food as a vice to comfort me mm. when I was handling those, those emotions. Right. So you, you don't want to be unpacking things and making things worse by using, you know, vices, like you don't want to use food. You don't want to use shopping. You don't want to use alcohol. You don't want to use drugs. Like you need to find an outlet. Yeah. So energy that you're unpacking because realistically that's what it is it's just energy that was stored in the body that we never really yeah. expelled which actually i want to bring this up too right so the really cool thing about animals is the reason why they shake right like let's say you you see like a um a gazelle of like who just almost got eaten by a lion and they wake up and they shake right yeah that's yeah. how they regulate their nervous system yeah i love so that you're bringing we, this up yeah so we as humans do not have a way to regulate our nervous system unless we have an outlet yep so that's what i use the gym as i use the gym as an outlet the gym is my outlet every single day. Yeah. So the energy that you are unpacking, take that and go get rid of it in the gym. Like all those things that you're thinking about, all the things that you've been ruminating on, go into the gym and just bring them up. Or even if you need to bring them up before you get into the gym, so that once you get into the gym, you're, you're already feeling the emotion. You're already in that emotional state. And you can just use it as fuel. Yeah. So it's so the reset, yeah, that right? It's the it's the neurological reset. I love how you're talking about that. This is something I've talked to clients uh about for a couple of decades now. When you feel that emotion, when you feel that energy come up, don't look back and say, Well, I wish I would have done this. I wish when that person said this, I was faster at my response, or I wish that I had don't do that. Just say, Hey, here it is. Now that I have it. That gives me fuel. Now go do something that's going to create a better life for you. Go lift some weights. Go for a long run. Use that energy and burn it out. Because then you're going back in time and you're rewriting your story. That's literally what it is. Your body's going to keep bringing that up and bringing it up and bringing it up until you get to the point where you resolve it. I mean, plain and simple, that's what karma is, Right. Karma is going to, it's the energy that comes back to you that you have to resolve on your own. Nobody's going to resolve it for you. You've got to resolve it. So you, if you start feeling those feelings again, you've got to, you've got to refocus it. So I'm 100% resonating with you at, at this stage, you are moving forward with your business. You're in health and fitness. You're out there making these videos on a regular basis. You're getting a message out. As you're further removed from your two suicide attempts and you look back on those moments, what stands out the most to you? It was a choice to let myself go to that place. Wow. It was 100% a choice because I allowed it. Wow. I allowed my, 
I didn't take control of my mind. Like we all have the power to control our thoughts and to control where our mind goes. But if you're not told that and somebody doesn't wake you up to that realization, you just think that all these thoughts in your head are always going to be that way for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if, if you're hearing this and you feel that way, you feel like your thoughts are, are always the, the things that are in control. Like the moment you say, no, I'm in control. That's when you're in control. Yeah. That's when you can, you start like when the thought comes in and you don't want it, you don't want it to be a part of you. You say no. And you replace it with a different one. And the only reason I got to that place is because I never took full control over my mind and checked thoughts as they come in. Like you can be that aware. You're not going to be able to do it with all of them. But the negative ones do give your body a sensation that does not feel right. Yeah. yeah. So as they come in and, you know, you get that bodily sensation, start checking your thoughts. Like, nope, this is not what I want to have in my mind. Because if you're constantly replaying these thoughts over and over again, I kind of brought it up earlier. Like, your brain is only pulling, if if you're making yourself feel negative all the time, your brain is only pulling from the past. It's pulling from all your past experiences and bringing your past into your present, making you feel the same way that you did in the past. Yeah. So, and if you want to live a different life and create something completely different, you have to start denying those thoughts and staying in the present and consciously creating what you want rather than what, what the, the past wants to recreate, you know, and that's what the ego is. Yeah. The ego is, the ego does, the ego wants to keep you in that, in the comfort of the known um, rather than allowing yourself to like create in the unknown, which is scary to the ego because it wants to stay in the known. It wants to stay, um, creating the, the same thing over and over again, even though it's harming us, that's what it wants to do. The funny thing is, so, as soon as we start creating, the ego does get scared. It tries to fight against us, but then the deeper part of our soul wakes up and says, oh, this is where I live. I live in creativity. I live in uncertainty. And uh, the more we do that, we get into a sense of peace. We get into the sense of excitement with unknown. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I think Anthony too, one of the things that I, um, that I'm resonating with that you're talking about is you, you found mentors. When people are in a dark space, when they're struggling, they are alone. And the human animal is a pack animal. We were never designed to be by ourselves. We are pack animals. We are tribal by nature. And so I would also say to anybody that's listening to this that might be struggling, if you're struggling to control your thought, and if you're doing what Anthony's talking about, of push it away and say, I'm not going to focus on this. I'm not going to do it. If you don't have the strength to continue to push those thoughts away, get with other people. Because just like you know, if we were to put you out in the, uh, the, the hills and have you run wind sprints over and over and over again, you're going to be tired. And then if we said, okay, go do it again, you might, you might need some help getting to the top, right? We all do that. If, if you're pushing thoughts away and it's more and more difficult, you might need some help to get those thoughts out and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it because it takes, and a lot of people don't understand this, just even from a physiological biochemical standpoint, the brain takes up the majority of the energy that's used in the body, right? So you, you do reach a point where your willpower gets drained if you're constantly pushing thoughts out. So don't be afraid to reach out and to have other people around you to help buoy you up in these situations. Anthony, I've got a, a set of questions that I, I would love to get your perspective on. I think you've got this fascinating story uh, of how you've gotten to this point. And, but I want to see if we can pull out a little bit more uh, of some of the wisdom that's come from these challenges that you have been through. 
what is it that you've learned in the last three years that excites you the most? I would say the biggest thing is exactly what I was talking about using my past as my superpower because I just stayed in that victimhood state for so long and uh, really we were just talking about creation. Like I wasn't able to create, I was recreating, but I was not creating off of a clean slate. So now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm consciously choosing where my mind goes daily and I'm consciously choosing my habits. So that gives me a lot of excitement because it's like, what is my life going to look like in five years, 10 years, like 20 years, but What's my life going to look like now that I'm in control and my mind, I'm not just like a puppet, you know, like my, my mind's moving me around like a puppet. Um, So yeah, I, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that excites me. And then just knowing that I can create something different because I feel like at some point, all of us get stuck in that thinking that I'm going to be this way forever. I remember feeling that way when I was depressed. Yeah, pretty calm. Um, yeah, I also, I was put on like a cocktail of medications, um, Ambien being one of them, which I should have never gotten put on just because my mom was an addict and it's a highly addictive um, like sleep medication pretty much. Like they use that medication to knock out horses. Wow. So- yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I got put on like a, a cocktail of, of medications and that, that like made me a zombie and took my ability to think away. Wow. So I think that was actually a blessing in disguise because as I came off the medications, I felt like my, like everything in life happens for a reason, exactly yep. the yep. way it should. So it, that for sure, like showed me, um, like, dude, your ability to think was taken away and now you have it back again. What are you going to do with it? That's pretty powerful perspective on it. Yeah. What yeah. do you feel that, like, you just, know, no, sorry, go ahead. That That's just what happens when, so I don't remember who it was that said it to me, but they said, if you're not present during your pain, You have to revisit the pain in order to learn what you were supposed to learn during that time. Powerful. So, yeah, that's why it's so important with like when you're unpacking the traumas to not be afraid of them, because if you're fearful of going back, you're not going to learn the things you need to learn. Like the way I look at it is like you're building a brick house and you're trying to like skip the foundation portion. Like you're not, you're not digging first into the ground to build a solid foundation, then to build the house on it. You're just trying to build a house and that it's not going to work that way. Yeah. It's got to be on the bedrock. Yeah. yeah. There's a, um, I've got a a friend of mine that uh, in her yoga classes that she teaches, she always uses the phrase, go sit in your shit. You've got to feel the pain. You got to sit in your own shit and be there. Uh, You know, feel it, smell it. Like it's horrible, <laughs> but you can't, you can't clean yourself of it if you don't. Yeah. Anthony, what, what do you feel like, you know, that other people don't, but you wish they did. That we, we all get conditioned from our past. Yeah. I think uh, so many people don't realize it because they stay in the, in the same bubble for so long, just seeing people do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And what's been a blessing for me is to be able to, I think I've always kind of been a rebel, right? Like even in school, like I graduated high school with all D's. Never wanted to do homework. I never wanted to participate in school. And I really feel like that was a blessing for me because I, for some reason, just some part of my brain did not want to conform to what everybody else was doing. Yeah. So 
Um, I think being that way and then also coming, like leaving, leaving home when I did, um, once I joined the military, I got to see that like, not everybody is a like drug addict. Not everybody's an alcoholic. Not everybody's angry. Like what I saw coming from my dad all the time. Um, so then I got to see like, oh, like, how is it that I thought everything should be this way? And it's, it's not, it's not how it is. There's people that are like other ways that are not the way that I was used to. So yeah, I would just say knowing that you're conditioned by your, your environment, which also is very, very powerful in the opposite way. So when you start getting yourself around people that are where you want to be and you just consume that stuff all the time rather than the old stuff that you were consuming knowing that this stuff made you be a certain way this stuff is going to make you be a certain way and when you're choosing what this stuff is especially when it's positive when it's coming from people that are in a place that that you want to be in now now you're Instead of like just being conditioned, now you're like programming yourself like a computer. Yep. Like you're choosing the software of your choosing. So I, I would say that like you're a computer. If you don't like the old software, reprogram. Yeah, I love that. It's a, it's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah, it's it's very mentally painful, but it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. What, what do you feel like you're most proud of right now? I would say a lot. Um, the biggest thing just being that I finally took control. Um, and I realized that I'm not a victim anymore. And I get to choose the direction that my life goes in. And I'm actually creating, like, I always used to look at at these, like, leaders, right? And ask myself, like, damn, like, I want to be like that. Mm. How come I'm not like that? And, you know, once I figured out that it's just like a, a daily system, daily process you have to run through and just do that over and over and over again and just never stop. Yep. That's when I was like, damn, I, I can be the leader that I've always wanted to be. Yeah. So, I that. yeah, I, I would say being in control and then also like, I'm, I feel like I'm actually a leader now. Like people will message me on Instagram seeking my advice now. And that used to never happen. And I always used to hear people talk about, oh, so-and-so reached out to me, you know, to ask me about this and that and this and that. And I was like, damn, like, I want to help people like that. But I wasn't in the position to where I could do that. And now I am. So that, like, I'm proud to actually be able to help people and, and share my experiences and help people work through life. I love that. You know, one of the phrases that I use when I go uh, speak to leaders is, a leader is a leader because of who they are and what they do, right? So it's two things. It's what's my character and then what are the actions that I take on a regular basis? You're the living embodiment of that because what you do is put out content that leads people to the positivity. And now people are following you because you've been doing that over and over and over again. You're a creative guy. How do you tap into that inner creative power? Um, so I'm actually going to, I'm going to turn the, the camera down a little bit and I'm going to give like a little, little analogy here. So this is what happens as we get conditioned, right? So like, this is authentic me, this dollar bill is authentic me. And as I've gone through life, all this shit has been put on top of me, like time and time again, all this stuff has been covering authentic Anthony because life has been running a train on him. He hasn't taken control of his thoughts. So this is what's happened to me. 
So as I've started to do this, get rid of the conditioning, like pulling it away, rewiring my brain. Now I get closer and closer to this guy. Uh, And in my personal opinion, that is where creativity comes from is the authentic version of you. Yes. So if, if you, if you have not uncovered that authentic version of yourself, the creativity will never be there because you're trying to be somebody else that you are not right now. Like you're wearing a mask yeah. and the mask yeah. needs to come off in order for you to, to really be able to understand your own creativity and what you actually like. Yeah. Perfect description. That, Couldn't agree more. Perfect description. Yep. You've got to strip away all of the excess so that you can get to what your most authentic self is. What a what a great and, answer. Yeah. What what I actually want to add to that too, right? Is it's not a I don't like hearing people say anymore that it's a process of becoming, because that's that that puts out like a message of scarcity, right? Because you're saying that you have to acquire all these things in order for you to be the person that you want to be. How about we flip the script and we say that you already are that. Yep. And all it is is a removal process. You're just removing exactly what you said. You're removing the excess so that you can get down to like the core, the the authentic you. So it's that's different because now you're saying I, I am, I already am that person. So it's a a message of abundance, but you just need to remove things rather than gain things like gaining is that scarcity, like to remove you're saying I'm abundant enough with what I'm going to have once I uncover everything. Yeah. Like, cause I'll have authentic self. That's, that's abundance. Beautiful way of putting it. And I couldn't agree more because the, the more you get rid of the excess, the closer you get to the heart of it. We don't, we don't get uh, more creativity. We don't get more power, more uh, beautiful movement, more amazing experiences in life by going out and acquiring more things because we are less than. We, we get those things because we lean into who we already are. And we just remove all of the excess. And as soon as you find that, as soon as you get to the point where the more authentic voice starts to speak, things just flow. And it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Well, Anthony, we are coming up on our time. Um, I want to thank you for not only sharing your amazing story and the challenge uh, challenges that you've uh, been through, but also sharing your wisdom and some of the things that you have learned I feel like this conversation could go on and on and on. So we're going to certainly talk after the show about getting you back on for a second episode. Um, One final question, though, as we wrap up, you know, at Evolve, we believe that uh, people evolve by making these simple, small habits or uh, removing a simple, small thing here and there. If someone's listening to this and they only did one thing, after the podcast, what would you want that one thing to be? Do what you can't, not what you can. So, you know, the reason I say that is because the 245 wake up time that I have, that's why I do it is because I told myself I will never get up that early and I don't think I can. So I did exactly what I thought I could not do. And it's that in itself is a superpower. So yeah. start doing things that you can't rather than the things that you can, because they will get rid of a lot of self-limiting beliefs. You'll create a programming too that all the things that I can't do, I actually can because I proved it to myself over and over again that yeah. I can do what I thought I couldn't. You're, so. you're getting rid of the liar. I love that. Great answer. Well, Anthony Boynton, I mean, thank you again so much for uh, coming on to the show today. 
Uh, you, you've got a lot of great wisdom. And like I said, I'd love to have you back on in the future. And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Anthony, for coming on. Anthony, what is the best way for people to follow you and uh, continue to uh, to get the insight into your personal evolution? The best place to follow me is on Instagram at uh, the Real Anthony Boynton, and then TikTok as well with the same handle, the Real Anthony Boynton. And the content will never stop, so you guys okay. can always depend on it. That's awesome. And we will link those uh, in the show notes. Uh, uh, again, Anthony, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, hey, folks, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.